Hello, and welcome back to another episode of FDA Insight. I'm Dr. Anand Shah, the Deputy Commissioner for Medical and Scientific Affairs here at the FDA. Thank you for joining us for another great episode. This week, we'll be discussing drug shortages. My guest today is Valerie Jensen, a recently retired member of the U.S. Public Health Service Commission Corps and also Associate Director of the Drug Shortages Staff in FDA's Center for Drug Evaluation and Research, or CEDAR. Val, welcome to FDA Insight. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Shah. It's great to be here. It's great to have you. Well, let's jump right in. Many Americans take daily medications to manage their chronic diseases. What medication shortages should consumers be aware of due to the pandemic? So most shortages historically have really involved sterile injectable drugs, and especially older sterile injectable drugs. And so those are drugs that are used by hospitalized patients. And and especially right now, um, during the COVID-19 pandemic, there's, these shortages have been exacerbated really by increased demand and increased hospitalizations. So that's really been um, one large concern. And then the other um, piece is, is there are there are actually recent shortages that are impacting patients when they go to the pharmacy. So drugs like um, drugs for high blood pressure and also drugs for treatment of heartburn, those have been in shortage. So there's also been some recent shortages of antibiotics um, that are absolutely needed for bacterial infections. So what causes these drug shortages? So a variety of reasons cause shortages. But the main reason through the years, the main um, issue has really been manufacturing and quality problems. So issues at the manufacturing plant, and especially for these older drugs that I mentioned. So sometimes those manufacturing sites, they're older and they've um, they've been in need of upgrades. Sometimes there are older processes involved, um, older equipment. And so that's been our main reason. But then recently, of course, um, due to COVID-19, we've had um, the increase in demand for certain medications. And then we've also had increase in hospitalizations, which has drained the supply. Um, patients wanting to stock up, and that's, that's a normal reaction. Um, that's been another reason. And then sometimes we've had some cases of slower manufacturing times um, due to labor shortages in some of the areas that have been harder hit. What's the role of FDA in preventing, preparing, and responding to drug shortages? Absolutely. So, so manufacturers are required to notify us um, when there's some type of supply disruption that's anticipated. Um, of course, we, we work very closely with the manufacturers as soon as we hear about those disruptions or those potential disruptions. And our goal is really to prevent shortages. Um, we've also really, really, um, um, in relation to COVID-19, we've been watching the medical supply chain very closely. And for example, um, we've continued since since January, we've been con- in contact with over 180 drug manufacturers, and we're reminding them to look at their entire supply chain and, and make sure that um, they have enough active ingredients, they have enough components, um, and making sure that they notify us of, of any time that there's going to be any potential supply dis- disruption so we can work with them. And then I just wanted to mention that all current shortages as well as revol- resolved shortages and discontinuations are posted on our FDA drug shortage website. So we keep up-to-date info there on supply information for, for both healthcare professionals and patients. That's great. You know, speaking of patients and consumers, what exactly should consumers do to ensure they have sufficient medication supplies during quarantine periods? Yeah, absolutely. So we, we remind patients and we are in contact with patients um, that, that they should keep taking all their medications exactly as prescribed um, and, ha- and have enough on hand. 
Um, and then also talking to their healthcare provider, their doctor, if there is um, any disruption, if they're having any difficulty, talk about alternatives, um, potential alternatives that could be used temporarily until their medication is back in stock. And then we also ask that people call the pharmacy ahead of time to check if, if the medication is available at that pharmacy. What we've noticed um, even in, in recent months with, with COVID-19 demand, sometimes one pharmacy would be out of the product and then the other pharmacies in the area are well stocked and there have been these regional and local disruptions. And so we just remind patients that, that they could check more than one pharmacy as well. So Val, if I'm at Walgreens, which medications should I look for and have on hand during the COVID-19 pandemic? Sure, and, and I'm a pharmacist by training, so I would just say <laughs> patients should always have um, the regular medications, of course, and have, have a good supply of those. Um, they don't need to overstock, but just to have a, a sufficient supply. And then as, as well, it's always good to have over-the-counter medications, such as medicines that treat fever and cough and other symptoms in case a patient gets sick. And we'd also um, advise a thermometer is, is a good idea to have around as well. So many of these drugs are made in foreign countries. How does FDA ensure the quality of these medications? Yeah, the FDA uses a risk-based approach to ensure quality, and that can include several measures. It does include several measures. So import screening at the border, um, screening of shipments and examinations, as well as sampling of those shipments, and then import alerts. And really what um, FDA is looking at is, is we're relying on the firm's previous compliance history, so their, their inspectional history. And then we also monitor the global drug supply chain and prioritize risk-based inspections in other parts of the world. And one question that we've continued to get, and, and this has come from consumers, and people are just concerned that there could be a risk of COVID-19 transmission with imports, and there's no, no current evidence to support that. So that's, it's something we've been asked, and, and it's absolutely there's no evidence to support that. Well, that's great to hear. Do consumers have the option to buy American when it comes to medications? And that's, that's another good question that, that continues to come up. And what we would say, so regardless of where a drug is made, so if it's a drug that's sold in the U.S., it must comply with our FDA rules and regulations, and it must be deemed safe and effective. And it's not always easy for consumers, if you're looking at your drug package or your prescription, um, to determine where the product is manufactured. And, and one thing we should note is that our industry depends on access to supply from a diversity of sources. So um, some components might be made um, in one area and then ingredients in another. Um, one thing to note though, if, if a supply issue does occur and a company needs to qualify a new supplier or new manufacturing site, FDA will expedite review to prevent shortages. Commissioner Hahn recently wrote about how investing in domestic advanced manufacturing can help address drug shortages. Can you tell us a little bit about what advanced manufacturing is and how it can strengthen our pharmaceutical supply chain? Yes, absolutely. So um, as, we mentioned, as I mentioned earlier, the, the shortages that we really have seen historically have mostly been caused by supply disruptions and, and due to quality problems. And so those quality problems are often related to older facilities, older processes. Um, the equipment sometimes is older and more pr uh, prone to quality lapses. So advanced manufacturing is really a, a collective term for new product, new medical product manufacturing technology. So really we're looking at new technology that can improve drug quality. And we'd also expect that to address drug shortages. We'd expect that to speed the time to market for 
for um, needed medications as well. So it's, it's advanced manufacturing, really, we, we would see that as enabling innovation, increasing efficiency, and improving supply chain resiliency for medical products. And so it's, it's really something that we see as a, as a, a large um, public health gain, and, and it's something we continue to encourage industry to do. Val, you've shared a ton of helpful info for our listeners. As we wrap up, I want to thank you for taking the time to join us this week on FDA Insight. Thank you again, Dr. Shaw, for having me on the show today. In future episodes, we'll be discussing a wide variety of topics, including opioids, tobacco, and nutrition. As always, we'll be providing you insight in plain language to help you understand the products that we regulate, the issues that we face, and the processes that we follow. We hope you enjoyed this episode of FDA Insight. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast app, such as Apple Podcast and Google Podcast. We're also on Spotify and Pandora now. So whatever platform you're on, thanks for listening. Thank you.